What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-hosts, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachulki, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show wherever you're listening to us. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachulki, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we are going to discuss NBA All-Star Weekend as well as what is going on in the NFL as Dak Prescott has agreed to a new deal with the Dallas Cowboys and Trent Brown has been traded back to the New England Patriots. All this and more on episode 185 of the TSK Show coming up right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 185 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me, as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachulki. What's up, TP? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Uh, you know, just trying to stay warm up here. Dude, it hailed today in L.A. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, Corey uh, sent me that, and I actually sent him a video of it hailing here. Oh, it hailed in Washington today, too? Not today. It was like two days ago, but it was it was pretty gnarly. Yeah, no, I I was fortunately inside for when it was hailing, but it looked gnarly from outside. Jacob, did you see the the hail? No, I didn't. People kept telling me it was hailing, but I was inside too, and I didn't see anything. I just wanted it to rain more, but <laughs> nothing. It rained a little bit, and then I saw sunlight. Yeah, well, of course, uh, sitting across from me on the board, our co-host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Jacob, how you doing, man? I'm good. Wishing for more rain, like I said, but yes. uh, I'm doing all right. This weather is really screwing with me. It's like last week was kind of warm, and then now this week it's rainy and cold, and then it's going to get sunny again. I don't know. Dude, I think we hit the 80s last week in L.A., and now it's raining. It's The weather's been very weird as we've as we've turned the calendar into people get March. Sick. <laughs> yes, it's, yeah, it is how people get sick. But isn't it crazy that we're in March now? Like I know, I know we always say that, but time time has been flying, and, and especially this year. What's well, crazier too, though, is that I believe today or tomorrow, tomorrow. is a year tomorrow of that uh, Rudy yeah. Gobert incident. Yeah, uh, yesterday was the one year anniversary of when he touched all the reporters' recording devices, and then tomorrow, uh, March 11th, will be the one year anniversary of that Utah Jazz Oklahoma City Thunder uh, game getting postponed and ultimately canceled and ultimately the NBA shutting down. And, and both sh- of us were working that day. I was working the Tim Conway Jr. Remember show. that? I was the one that told Sharon Bellio and Tim Conway Jr. that the NBA had just postponed a game because of a positive coronavirus case. It was pretty crazy that night. And, like, I was just scrolling Twitter and I saw the video of the the Thunder PA announcer being like, everybody stay calm. The game has been canceled. You're not in danger, but please exit, like, immediately. 
and everybody just started panicking. Yeah, the, just back then there was just so much unknown. We didn't know what was going on. Uh, nobody did. And then after that, Tom Hanks gets, uh, t- you know, he tests positive for it too. So it's just crazy to look back one year ago. Yeah. Tyler, what were you going to say? I, I know you were going to pipe in there. No, I, no. Oh, I, I was going to say that it's like nearing the anniversary. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We covered it. Because, I, I, you know, I feel like that, you know, that day where they took the players off the court was like when the world went to shock. No, sure. 100%. That was like, the moment. Well, America, America went to shock, you know. Well, like I, that was a, you know, grocery stores were emptied out that night. It was, yep. it was wild. I remember, like, because that was March 11th. That was a Wednesday night. And that Friday night, I went out to a bar and. I, like, went out with the intention knowing, like, this is probably the last time I'm going to be at a crowded <laughs> bar for and a while. And it was. <laughs> and it was for a very long Man, time. Man, what is, the, what is that like, being God. able to go out to a bar and drink and be next I to mean, people? you can go eat outdoors now. Yeah, that's not the same. The The lockdown, that first lockdown was pretty, pretty crazy because there was a lot of unknown back then. But, all right, enough about anniversaries of bad yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's one anniversary I do not want to relive, so <laughs> no, let's 20, put it to bed. 2020 is come and gone. We, we are moving along. And before we move along to talk about what's going on in the NBA currently, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by Jay Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539. Or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020-68311. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Tonight is the first night back for the NBA from the All-Star break. Two games tonight for the NBA. We had the Memphis Grizzlies and Washington Wizards face off. Memphis won 127-112. to Dallas is currently in the fourth quarter against San Antonio. Dallas is up 102-97. to So uh, the NBA is back from the All-Star break. Uh, but before we talk about what happened over the All-Star break, I do have to address something that happened yesterday uh, on the Internet. And, uh, of course, uh, it was Myers Leonard of the Miami Heat being caught on video saying a derogatory slur commonly used against Jewish people on a live stream while playing Call of Duty. And it wasn't... Man... It wasn't. It was out of ignorance, <laughs> not hate, but that doesn't excuse it. I hate Tyler. That's a very slippery slope. He paused. Yeah. He paused. Went through his rolodex yeah. of slurs. No, that's and, what I'm saying. He definitely and landed he definitely on said that it before. But here's the thing: 
I don't believe him for a second that he didn't know what that word meant. No, I, I don't either. I, I don't either. And I also, like, I truly believe, like, you used that word before. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, people do not pull out words that they don't use. You know what I mean? And the, like, way, just, the way he did it, he, like, paused, thought about it, said it, even well, added even added the bitch at the end and yeah like and he like Shannon the, Sharp spoke on that in the in the Jewish you know, com- like, but here's the know, thing you- Tyler in the in the Jewish community like he put that oomph on it he 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 put that chutzpah on yeah. it like he, he 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 emphasized it oh yeah oh yeah yeah and that's that's what Shannon Sharp was saying like you put like you know all those different things you know like the cuss were before it the cuss were after it like the way you say it like all of that stuff is like emphasized, you know what I mean? That's why I think, you know, that's why he's for sure said it before, you know, he just got caught. Right. And I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't excuse anything. And I mean, it's, and, and his, and his apology was whack as fuck. Oh you my know? God. Like, it was saying you don't know what the word is, is not an excuse. You know what I'm saying? And it's a lie. Yeah. Also, you know, I believe it's, it's a lie. But it's also just like why like even if that was true, why would that be what you said? You know what I mean? Like own yeah. up to it at least. Right. So, you know, so um he, he I like Julian Edelman's response. Yeah. No, listen, yeah. Julian Edelman had the same exact response to Myers Leonard that he did to Deshaun and Steven Jackson. And there was some stuff on the internet today, and I got into it with some people. Because they were saying that Myers Leonard is getting a pass because he's white and Deshaun Jackson and Steven Jackson were vilified because they're black. And it, no, Myers Leonard's not getting a pass from anybody. And Ju- yeah. and and Julian Edelman is doing the exact same thing he did with Deshaun and Steven Jackson with as he's doing with Myers Leonard and taking this type of approach in trying to educate and, and really bring people together through well, this what i really like what he said you know is like it still spreads you know what i mean it, yeah. it's like even if you even if you didn't mean it from like this hateful angle and it was like pure ignorance everybody it, it knows just, what it know, means though it, it still spreads you know the same way as if he was like or, or or if he was like really you know saying it out of anger and hate it spreads the same way right it 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 hurts the same way. Yeah, I mean, it's just bullshit, especially in today. You know, like, we're facing all of these issues uh, around, you know, uh, racism and uh, and all these different things kind of under that umbrella. Just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Social injustice? No, yeah, but, but just, like, you know, categorizing people and hating them in general. Oh. Uh, it's just... You know, it's happening so much. It's just like, you know, you get no passes right now. Like, you got to No, not right now. You get no passes ever when it comes to this type of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I can't go. I mean, we can't go back in time. But it's just like, you know, you can't say that shit. And even, like, you can't even joke around about that type of shit because then you go and you say it, like, in the heat of a battle just like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he used that word before. That's why he went to that word. You don't like when you're competitive like that and, and things come out, things come out that you've said before. It's not, 
you know, he can't play stupid. Yeah. And so, I mean, he, Myers Leonard is away from the Miami heat for the foreseeable future. He, like we said, he did apologize. Um, I said it, I don't believe, uh, him for a second that he doesn't believe what the word meant. Um, the Miami heat owner, Mickey Aronson is Jewish. He was born in Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh, so this is clearly a big deal for the heat organization. Um, like Tyler mentioned, Julian Edelman reached out and invited Myers Leonard to a Shabbat dinner to talk about what happened and educate Myers on why the word he used was a slur or is a slur. Um, and listen, I mean, that's, I saw it on Twitter and I, I retweeted it. It's the perfect response. It's the Jewish way isn't to, to shun someone. It's to invite them over to Shabbat and to talk about it. So it's, it's the perfect approach I think for, for Julian Edelman to take. And Tyler, you were talking about how with everything going on with like the fight against racism and hate and social injustice and all of that, I'll be honest. I was very, very disappointed that I didn't see a single active NBA player say anything about what happened yesterday until today when Leonard's teammate, Udonis Haslam, said that what Myers Leonard said won't be tolerated. And I posted on my social medias today that it, I'm basically I'm sick of what's been happening and I'm really sick of Jewish people being the only ones to speak out on anti-Semitism. Like, hate is hate is hate like no matter who it's directed yeah, towards I mean, yeah. and it it should be look eradicated the, yeah i mean look what's going on in new york city with with asian americans not you just new york mean? city it's all ones. over the all over the country ever since covid happened and it, it, yeah it, it's just like that's what that's what i mean we're bringing all this shit because it's all the same you know what i mean like obviously um like african americans have been the focus of it because that's been the most like polarized story but it's all the same shit, and it's all got to go. And, and that's really what this, um, I don't, you know, time has been is like, you know, a lot of people are waking up to get rid of this shit. Yeah. But but you're right. I mean, no, like, it's not getting the same press. Right. And, and I only, and, you know, and the only reason the media is, wrong. I think, talking about it is because they have to. Like yeah. at least the sports media. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it, it is disappointing to the, to, you know, the active players. You know, you would want them to be a little more proactive. Especially and, because and of what happened hold, this summer. Hold their players accountable. You know, it's like, hold your players accountable. People are going to be scared to, you know, like, you, you don't say that shit. You're fucking done. Yeah, and it's like, they were on the front lines this summer with what happened, and it's like, this is just as much not okay as everything that happened over the summer and for for them to be silent yesterday it was it was really really disappointing to me yeah i mean yeah and you have every right to be disappointed i i, I was just like dumbfounded i couldn't believe it and, and like i said i just always go back to like no excuses like if you you don't just pull out words you don't use you know what i mean like He's probably said that in so many streams that weren't like live streamed. Exactly. Or they were live streamed and it was before people were paying attention. You know what I mean? Like this dude's had to have said this shit before. Oh yeah. See this, this obviously brings me back to the uh, Deshaun Jackson mentioned last year. Uh, but my question is, I can't really remember how the Eagles handled that. 
Um, I mean, you could probably touch up on this, Eric, but did the Eagles have the same response as the Heat did by saying that he's no longer with the team? No, they I, they kept him on the team, I believe. Um, but because because my thing is that if if you're the Heat, I think you handled this correctly by you know handling the situation, addressing it, and letting the public know that you guys are aware of this and the NBA is actually looking into this. Now, my thing with the NFL and the Eagles specifically, because that is the team he played for, Deshaun Jackson, is they didn't do anything about it initially. So I'm not saying that things are getting better. I'm just saying that at least with this, this is the only thing I see trying to get something positive out of it in some way or another, that they addressed it immediately. Yeah, They they didn't let it sit there and then say, well, he's still going to be with the team. We'll talk to him. No, they said, all right, we got to sever ties. Well, they haven't severed ties completely. Yeah, they just, not, not completely. They but he is away him. from the team, though. Yes. So that, that to me, is, is the positive side. Now, obviously, the negative side is that it continues to get said. Slurs like this continue to be said. And what Julian Edelman said was he, he hit it right on the head by saying, sure, it's ignorance, but at the, but you also have a good point. That only goes so far. You know that it's a, it's a racial slur. Why are you going to use it? If you wanted to call somebody out or, or, or you know, you know, insult them, then just go with the normal cuss word. You don't have to add a racial slur on top of another cuss word. Yeah, and I did go back and look at um, what happened with Philly and Deshaun Jackson, and they just, I guess they just talked to him and explained what was harmful and disrespectful and all of that to him, but he wasn't, like, he didn't take time away from the team or anything like that. He just issued an apology on social media, and that was it. Yeah, to me, that's just a slap and, on the wrist, though. Hundred percent. And dude, if you played, you know, video games online, there's so much of that shit going on. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's he's just like he's a pro athlete. He should know better. He he's under he you know he has a huge voice. It's but it it is a fuck. It's a problem. Like kids, these kids online, man, they will say the craziest shit. I mean, racial slurs, uh, homophobic slurs, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It, it's definitely in that video game culture, which is, you know, a problem. And I know there's definitely people in the video game realm and, and the culture of video games that are trying to eradicate that from the the online lobbies and all of that, but... I mean, it's it's still out there, and it's it's very prevalent. But see, but that whole that whole video gaming community, though, that has such a large audience. Social media has a, has a large audience. Now, being an athlete or being a celebrity in general, that heightens th- it. That heightens it, and you should know better that anything you say is going to be magnified that much more. So, saying something like this among your friends, sure, it's going to get around your friends. But because you're on a social media platform, which he was on Twitch, I believe. That is just so much more magnified. You have a bigger audience. You're appealing to a lot of different people who, look in some ways, look up to you because you're an athlete and you would somehow inspire them, or they just like following you on social media and keeping up with you. You use slurs like this and words like this, then you're just going in a downward trend. Yeah, and I am looking now well, at he's, he's been tra- he's been trained to talk. You know what I mean? Like yeah, these guys go through media knows, training. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows better. Yeah, and I am looking at an article now on ESPN. Uh, it's um, I'm looking at the full article from where the Udonis Haslam quote came from. Um, head coach of the Heat, Eric Spolstra, said, uh, quote, he said something that was extremely distasteful and hurtful, and we're left with the aftermath of that. Yeah, and, and th- that yeah. they are. Uh, yeah. But, again, they 
handled it, I think, correctly. They yeah, handled the it. They handled it better than Philadelphia did with Deshaun Jackson. I would agree with that wholeheartedly, Jacob. Because you have you have an issue and you address it. You you know you you nick it right. You nip it right in the butt right away. With the Eagles, I'm not bashing them, but I mean they probably could have handled this better. Yeah, by they could have come down harder him on him or something. You know, because you can't tolerate stuff like this. Yeah, not Be- at all. Because then you're just allowing other people to say, "Well, it's okay. You know, I won't get suspended. I can still play games. I'm fine. I'll just get you know slap on the wrist." Yeah, it's 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 sad that we're talking about this. I mean, it's just it's 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 a it's a big problem in America for sure. I mean, across the board. Listen, Tyler, if you were to tell me that we were to start some of these episodes the way we've started some episodes, I would have told you you're crazy because I hate talking about this shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, no, we, you know, try to stay out of the political realm, but this stuff kind of is bigger than politics. Yeah. This day and age has made it seem like these are political things because of the party, you know, yeah. how the representation of each party has been. But, but the, this comes this down to treating politics. people, this, this comes down to treating people yeah. as humans and equals. Yeah. Yeah, ethics and 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 just yeah, exactly. And it's, see, my it's thing such is a bad. It's such a deep, bad, a deeply rooted bad problem in America. Yeah, it's sad. My, my thing is though is that if you're Myers Leonard, you haven't learned from everybody else who's made comments like these and have gotten in trouble. Maybe not to the degree. Again, going back to Deshaun Jackson, well, he didn't really get reprimanded fully, but you still you see the amount of heat that comes on social media. You know what I'm and, saying? I mean, I guess I guess this will kind of be the last thing. It's 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 crazy that Myers Leonard was the only guy standing for the national anthem during the bubble with, with the Miami Heat. So, I mean, but that that's because his brother uh, is in the armed forces. I understand, though. I yeah, understand that, that that one. I that one I understood. I understand. I understand that, and I I completely respect that. It's just a bad. It, it's it's a, a horrible bad, look. It's just, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like look look. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, no, listen, I, I had no listen, I had the no problem. Of that are horrible. Yeah, I had no problem with Myers Leonard standing for the national anthem. That's his right, that's his choice. Yeah. And he has that conversation with his teammates and all of that, but it's just the optics the optics say say it all. Yeah, that one again, he's stuck it's between a rock and a hard place because of his brother. Yeah, and um, I get that. And then his teammates. So he's gotta choose one. Unfortunately, it's a tough decision no, you have to make. No, no one, no one's criticizing him for that. I no, mean, no, 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 no. No, there are plenty of uh, we're, know, there are plenty of people doing that. We are not. We are not. Well, no, I'm just, yeah, the, the, yeah. No one's criticizing him for standing for the national anthem. It's just the fact that he was the only one, and now this. It's like the juxtaposition next to you know. Yeah. Like seeing these two, it's it's just it's unfortunate, man. It, it yeah. looks bad. Yeah. But all right. Um. I, that, I think we've said all we needed to say about about this. Uh, Jacob, what do we got next on the docket? Well, on a more lighter note, this past weekend uh, was the NBA All-Star Game 2020, or day, I should say, in Atlanta with uh, resulting— 2021. 2021. Still stuck in 2020, you see? <laughs> uh, in 2021, uh, and it resulted in a Team LeBron victory, 170 to 150. And it was an interesting one, to say the least, which I was kind of— uh, I was kind of interested in how it was going to go. And, I mean, I will say this. This is the only thing I really want to point out first. The uniforms are really ugly. 
That's just my opinion. Well, it was supposed to be in Indiana. I know. That's and that's they a just thing. decided to keep the uniforms. So well, that... they went with the theme, sure. But other than that, um, I think it would, had its moments. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before, but it had its moments. And so I don't know what your guys' initial thoughts of it was. Well, I mean, I thought it, first off, it was very impressive to see Giannis not miss a shot. Yes, I know most of them were dunks, but he was three for three from three. And, yeah, they were probably mostly uncontested, but not missing a shot in a basketball game when you're playing with some of the best guys in the world, that's that's impressive, I think. And he scored 35 points. He won the Kobe Bryant All-Star Game MVP. Um, but like you were mentioning, Jacob, I think the, the best moment, and, and we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but it was that second quarter run where Steph – Curry and CP3 were catching lobs. Steph Curry and Damian Lillard were shooting deep threes. That I think was the most like the most exciting part of the game. Tyler, what were you like excited about from the game cuz me personally it wasn't all that exciting of a game. Like that was <laughs> the only bright spot in the second quarter. I mean, Team LeBron completely wiped the floor with Team KD. Yeah, the end of the second quarter sequence was definitely the best part of the game. Uh, Dame, you know, Dame and Steph both hit their, you know, their half court shots, um, and then you got you got three oops in a row. You had an oop to Dame, oop. Oh, that's to, right, I forgot uh, about the Dame Steph, one. Then, yeah, oop to Dame, oop to Steph, oop to Chris Paul, which was just unreal. And it was just cool to see how much fun they were having. Also, like LeBron playing with Steph for the first time. Yep, that was cool. They seemed to like really be enjoying it, and overall, it was just fun to watch Steph Curry. To, oh, to yeah. be honest with you, just the the whole the you know the whole night three point contest and, and the game and everything. Um, yeah, it was I was just fun to watch. I wanted to get to the skills and the three point and the dunk contest in a second, but I couldn't believe that Steph Curry caught that lob off the inbounds pass. That I thought was the most impressive lob aside from Chris Paul's because of Chris Paul's age, but that's really what was the only impressive thing about Chris Paul's lob. But you're not really seeing Steph Curry catch a lob off the inbounds pass, but let's not forget, <laughs> he's 6'3". Like, he can dunk pretty easily if he wanted to. He's just a shooter. Oh, well, he's typically shooting uh, 30 feet beyond that normal spot. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. But, yeah, I mean, watching Lillard – Watching Lillard and Dame's range was just that was insane. I mean, it was just incredible. So, yeah, I, I mean, really, I think Team LeBron stole the show for sure. Well, uh, and, but they definitely had the star power. Yeah, and I think that was kind of clear when they did the draft. I was very surprised at how the draft ended up because well, they they they, they screwed Durant over. Like, you know, they LeBron got the first pick, and 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 then. Um, and then Durant's out, right? And right. So like Durant picks second, and then LeBron picks third. And so after LeBron's first two picks, he had Giannis and Curry. So it was it was just off the first three players: LeBron, Giannis, Curry. And Durant's team, Durant was hurt, and he only had one pick, Kyrie. So just for, just off the jump, it was Kyrie versus Steph, LeBron, and Giannis. <laughs> and then. And, and then from there on out, you know, like LeBron, LeBron got the first pick of every single round. Yeah. And then like, and then he was left with like the last, the, the last pick. And on top of that, of the two seventy sixers, 
that got pulled from the game, it was his starting center. Oh, yeah. Can't, we forgot to even mention yeah, what Joel happened Embiid. with Joel Embiid and yeah. Ben Simmons. They're so, still out. Like, I really do. Yeah, like Durant's team definitely got screwed over as far as like the personnel goes. But it's an all-star game. I mean, come on. You yeah. know, everybody's got talent. Um, and it, it was, uh, you know, LeBron, it was Team LeBron just all the way. Yeah. Now, real quick, uh, for those that don't know what happened with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, uh, they had come into contact with a barber who they saw, I guess, before heading down to Atlanta, like the day before, and the barber ended up testing positive for COVID. Um, Joel and Ben, I believe, have kept testing negative this entire time, but they weren't able to play in the All-Star game. They've been held out of um, the Philadelphia 76ers games coming back from the all-star break i believe uh joel Embiid might be able to play on friday but i know for sure ben simmons is out uh until at least friday so that's um part of the craziness that was the day of all-star uh 2021 but obviously with covid19 and the game getting moved around from indiana to atlanta and then the NBA creating a two-day bubble down in Atlanta from Saturday to Sunday. They moved the skills competition, the three-point shootout, and the dunk contest to the same day as the All-Star game. They did the skills competition and the three-point shootout before the game. And then they did the dunk contest at halftime of the game, which I have some very strong opinions on. Uh, that we can get to in a second. But DeMontis Sabonis won the skills competition. I didn't actually turn it on until the three-point shootout started. So I didn't get to see the skills competition because I was helping my dad with some stuff. We're doing some work at the house. Um, but DeMontis Sabonis winning the skills competition, that was a shock to me just because I think it's always a shock when you see a big man winning uh, the skills competition. Five, five years in a row. Yeah, and that's Shaq was all Shaq was all about it. He he he's like the big men are going to dominate. It's crazy and how the they're man, No, it's, it's just crazy how big men are evolving today in basketball. Yeah, yep. No, and uh Shaq was Shaq was so funny. And then Kitty Kitty Jet Smith said that, you know, if if it was two big guys in the finals, he was just going to going to leave and it ended up being too big. <laughs> Big guys in the finals, and Shaq was trying to order him an Uber. Oh, <laughs> oh man, it those... pretty, yeah, it was it was pretty good. Those TNT guys, they they sure do know how to entertain the the they folks. Know how to do it. Uh, Jacob, what do you think about the skills competition? Well, it's exactly what you said too with the the big man evolving. I think before big man were just kind of one dimensional in a way, you know, rebound. Some of them have offensive games, but now it's like a lot of these guys can pass, shoot, you know, rebound very well. So seeing big men win now, it's kind of a, it's not a surprise now to some of us. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're still surprised because I guess we're not really, you know, we don't believe in the, in the big man game so much that to that degree, but Hey, look, it's been proven away five years in a row. I wouldn't say we don't believe in it. I just think it's, we're still at, I think we're still adjusting to it because we grew up with the back to the basket big. Yeah, but I think with the with the skills challenge is that you don't really believe so much in a big man to win the event because you're going with the guards. That's what they do day in, day out. Well, and I remember one skills competition. It was probably the greatest skills competition ever. It was, I believe it was 
Kobe, Steve Nash, D Wade, and Chris Paul. I think mm-hmm. it was those four. Yeah. Tyler, am I right with that? Yeah, that's how they used to do it. Yeah, it used to just be all guards. And then a couple of years ago, they split it into divisions to where you had the the guards and, and the bigs. And usually in the finals, you would try and get a guard versus a big. And that would, that would always be fun to watch. So, all right, the three-point contest, the greatest shooter alive, even though it didn't need cementing, basically cemented it with the way he won the the three-point shootout Steph Curry beat Mike Connolly in the finals and I mean there was one point I think Steph his first round I think he missed his first shot and then hit like 15 straight it was unbelievable he put on a clinic and so it I mean whenever you get Steph Curry in a three-point shooting contest unless Clay Thompson is going up against him I'm I'm always going with Steph Curry and honestly, this was such a great thing to see because, you know, last year he was injured for most of the season and you had a lot of doubters saying, you know, he's he was not your MVP the year that he won and he can't lead a team. So seeing this unfold be, before our eyes, and I know it's just an all-star weekend and it's just a three-point shootout, but just this is who he is, though. He is one of the greatest, if not the best shooter that we have seen. He looked to be having fun again this weekend. And, and man, see, and that, that that was the best part, too. Between that and the actual All-Star game, he was enjoying being back on the court with all these guys. You know, playing for the first time with LeBron was was amazing for him, too. It was a great sight to see because of all the times he had matched up with him, you know, against him uh, in the finals. But just watching him just have fun and then play at a high level again was just super great to see. Yeah, it was it was just yeah, when when Steph showed up, it was like Reggie said, he was playing for second. Well, and Reggie asked him that after he won and Steph was like, "Reggie, sometimes you don't even got to say it." Yeah. Cuz cuz the yeah, story exactly. goes the story goes when when Larry Bird won the the three-point shootout yeah. uh back yeah. in the day before everybody took the court, uh when everybody got to the arena, he walked into the locker room tapped everybody as he walked in and got to his locker and was like, so who's playing for second tonight? Well, yeah, and, and he also said that after Steph's first round, uh, throwing up like a 31. Yeah, that was, was unreal. Like, they're, 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 he's like, they, he put the fear of God in them. It's like, it doesn't even matter how good of shooters they are. They know they can't beat him now. Yeah, and then in the final uh Mike Connolly ends up putting up 27 which is usually a pretty hard number to beat in the three-point shootout and Steph ends up beating him by one on the last money ball with with a 28 yep last shot just easy yep and then at halftime we had the dunk contest between Afrini Simons uh of the Portland Trailblazers Obi Toppin of the New York Knicks and uh, Los Angeles' own Indiana Pacers, Cassius Stanley. Uh, Afrini Simons ended up winning the dunk contest over Obi Toppin. But let's be real here, folks. Cassius Stanley got absolutely robbed in the first round. That was a 50 dunk. I'd never seen someone do that in a dunk contest before. He put the ball between his legs and went off the same leg that he jumped off of and bounced it. It it was unbelievable. And then somehow Obi Toppin does the same exact dunk Zach Levine did in warmups just like three or four days prior 
and Obi Toppin gets a higher score than Cassius Stanley. It was complete and utter bullshit. Yeah, see, the judging on this is really weird. I don't know why it's gotten, I guess, difficult in more, you know, in the recent years, but it's like one dunk gets you, a, a simple dunk gets you a 50, but a more complicated one that we have probably haven't seen, uh, you know, in a while or ever, that gets, you know, a 45. I don't, I don't really understand that part. Uh, Cash has got Cash has got robbed for sure of a higher score. I mean, I don't know if it's a fifty necessarily, like, but it's definitely not a forty-four was, or whatever the fuck they gave him. If it's not a fifty, it was still the best dunk of the first round. It was. It was. It was. He got robbed. It, it for sure should have been uh, Simons and, and I mean, I would have liked to see Simons and Cash's. Cash's second attempt. I think he was just like flustered after not getting on the first first attempt. I think he stopped sucked. caring. I think he was just like, well, if they're not going to appreciate that well, dunk, I'm just like, yeah. yeah. And, and and he wanted to go underneath. He was trying to go underneath his his butt. Yeah. Um, and I've seen him do that dunk. Before, oh yeah. You know what I mean? So, no. Um, Cassius Stanley was born to a, win an NBA dunk contest. Yeah, and it's not to take away from Obi. Obi, I thought it was dope when he brought out his dad, streetball yeah, legend. That was dope. Um, that that was cool. And then um, Simon's, um, you know, blowing the kiss at the rim and, and grabbing the ball off the mini hoop. Those were both cool, you know. But overall, it was just it was just kind of a an eh. Yeah, that's usually how they kind of are. Well, I, haven't, I haven't really seen uh really exciting one since Levine and Aaron Gordon. And that and that's what brings me to my thoughts about the dunk contest being at halftime. I thought that was complete bullshit. Why would you squeeze what's supposed to be the most exciting part of All-Star Saturday night and put it at halftime of the game? Put it before, just like you did the skills and three-point competition. I don't understand why it had to be shoved in at halftime. It was essentially rushed. Like, that halftime was still long as hell, and, like, players don't usually go through that long of a halftime, but it still felt like a very rushed dunk contest because it was at halftime. Now, I'm not agreeing them putting it at halftime, but do you think they have an argument why they place it there? Because in recent years, it hasn't really gotten good ratings. I guess, but... You, you know what I'm saying? That because it really hasn't done well, it, it, it's not what it used to be. You know, it used to be such a big event, and yeah, it's split up into three days, and that was the main attraction of the night. Now, the NBA, you know, they probably thought, hey, why don't we put this at the middle of the a game, so halftime, and just see how it does there. When you, you, know? get, more, you get more eyes prime yeah, time during the that's game. that's probably what they figured. But my argument, again, not agreeing so much of that, you know, where the placement of it was, but maybe their argument was, hey, let's see how it does here because maybe they'll get more viewers. You know? Yeah, and I also think the lineup for it being Afrini Simons, who's, what, a second- or third-year player in the league, and then Obi Toppin and Cassius Stanley, who are rookies, and Cassius Stanley has spent most of his time in the G League this year. Yeah, it wasn't really star-studded, I will say that. So Typically, it has at least one or two guys that you know they're like legit dunkers or maybe they're on the cusp of being stars or they're really good role players. Well, we knew Obi Toppin and Cassius Stanley were were true dunkers because of what yeah. they did in college. Um, and we know Afrini Simons has major hops, but it's yeah, but it wasn't the, as star-studded as a, as a field as, as in years past. Yeah, to me, I just thought they were those all three, three dark be, horses. Those three would be fine if you had a couple other. If you had a, a Zach Levine, Right. And Aaron Gordon 
uh, you know, Zion, a past, yeah, a Zion Jaw. or a past winner, a past winner like Derek Jones or Hamadou Diallo, you know, like just, just yeah, anything, you know, just to get a little more pizzazz. I guess that that group of players was also just kind of like me, by but like as as like the whole contest, like right. you throw a fourth in there, you know, it might've carried it a little better, but right. I guess they're like all supporting actors. You know what I mean? Like, right. And I think no, the, there's, there's no lead guy. I also think they had to get guys that weren't actually playing in the game. Like if Zion, I don't think yeah, gets called up that, as an yeah. injury reserve, he might've done the dunk contest. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Zion uh, got brought in. My definitely fault. played a part. But, but um, point still stands. Yeah, if he I mean, wasn't in the got, game, he might have done it. I think you got it's. It's just so tough. I mean, in this day and age, to like surprise people by dunking, like watching it on a TV. You know what I mean? Like, if you saw all these things in li- in real life, you'd be like 50, 50, 50, You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like they're all just incredible dunks, but we've just been so like we, we're numb to it now because we've seen so much greatness. Yeah. What What is interesting, though, too, is that I would say in the last five years or so, you've kind of seen the decline in high-profile players because they used to be really big-profile players, you know? Yeah. Or, or players that had amazing, amazing high-vertical jumps. But I think in recent years, I think those high-profile players, the stars, so to speak, that they're the ones kind of saying they don't want to do this because they don't want to run the risk of getting injured on All-Star Weekend and or if they're not making the game, they don't want to go at all to the yeah, weekend. So maybe that's kind of them just being you know a little bit salty about not being invited to the actual game or making the All Star team. But you've seen a major decline in these in these stars not wanting to participate. Yeah. So I mean, next year obviously All Star Weekend will hopefully be different, um, and hopefully we get the full uh, experience. There wasn't a uh, Rising Stars game. I almost called it the Rookie Sophomore game, but they haven't done Rookie Sophomores in quite some time. Um, but the Rising Stars game didn't um, happen, but they still named the rosters, which I thought was funny. Um, so hopefully we get a normal All-Star weekend uh, for next season. Uh, but real quick, before we transition to some football, we got to talk about uh, Blake Griffin signing with the Nets after agreeing to a buyout with the Pistons, and then LaMarcus Aldridge and the Spurs have agreed to work out a trade uh, so first, Blake Griffin going to the Nets. They did, um, or they're supposed to play the Celtics uh, tomorrow, I believe. And Blake Griffin and Kevin Durant will not be playing. So Blake Griffin's debut uh, is still on hold with with the Brooklyn Nets. But I'm very interested to see what Blake brings to Brooklyn. He was not very impressive in Detroit this season. Clearly he was unhappy. Uh so that probably had an effect on his play. He hasn't dunked in game in over a year and everybody on Twitter is saying the second he puts on that Nets uniform, he's going to get that first dunk in a year and everything's going to go back to normal. It's like the the Kevin Nash uh gif of uh when he was in the wheelchair with the with the cast and the blanket and he rips off the blanket, and he walks out of the wheelchair, and he's completely fine. So that that's what a lot of people think is going to happen once uh, Blake Griffin steps out onto the court for the Nets. I think there's a potential for that. I think there's always a potential for a player to get rejuvenated in a new environment, in a new city, with a new team. 
Uh, Blake Griffin's reuniting with his former Lob City teammate, DeAndre Jordan. I know they are probably extremely thrilled to be back together because they were very close uh, when they were on the Clippers. And adding Blake Griffin to a team that has Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, that's all just to beat Anthony Davis and LeBron James, huh? It's uh it's it's quite the well, quite the package. Yeah, they gotta they gotta beat yeah, they gotta beat everybody in the East and, and then yeah, get to the finals. So this is how you gotta do it, you know. This is what this is what this era of, of roster management is. You know, it's super teams. It's teams to you know, play, players are taking mid level exceptions to 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 get a ring. Um this could go a couple different ways because Blake Griffin's like such a weird story. You know, he's been playing so awful. I mean, he's basically a jump shooter now. Uh, so, like, you could, I could definitely see him going there and just kind of like being a. He makes them like a little better, you know. Or he he could, you know, he gets re motivated, refocused, um, a new burst of energy, and. I mean, he's never gonna have a double team, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and coming off the pick and, and coming off of pick and rolls, you know, Harden and Kyrie are two of the best. You know, and then as far as his ability to shoot the three now, it's just like, okay, what you know, what do we, like imagine if Blake Griffin's playing center and they have Joe Harris and Durant out there with Kyrie and Harden. You know, it's just like impossible to guard that perimeter. Um, so it could go, you know, it could go either way, uh, just because like, I would like to think that Blake Griffin's going to go in there and kind of like play better and be rejuvenized, but also like the last year and a half gives you like all the evidence that it's not going to go that way. Right. It, Blake Griffin was completely fucked, but you know, like get going to Detroit. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't blame him at all for the, you know, his game just tanking. It's well, just especially like, with how you know, it ended what, in with the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like what what the Clippers and Ballmer did was so messed up to Blake Griffin, and that's exactly why players need to do them and not, you know, it's not about the organization or you don't owe cities nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't yeah. owe these organiz- organizations shit. Yeah. And, and Blake Griffin's a great example of that. Um, so he could have, you know, a new energy and a new focus, but um, he's really going to have to turn his play around for, you know, to be a difference maker and not just like a guy that makes him a little better. A yeah. Little I think, I think you hit it right on the head. It's like, if the last year and a half is any indication of who Blake Griffin is as a player today, it's really hard for me to believe that he's going to have a meaningful and I mean meaningful impact on a championship run for the Brooklyn Nets like yeah it's a great piece it's a great piece for them to add but I'm I'm not entirely sold that this was the right move for not just Blake Griffin but for the Nets in general I think it was a good move for the Nets and Blake Griffin as far as Blake Griffin's gonna get a shot to go into the finals which I thought this team was going to the finals before Harden. You know what I mean? Like Kyrie and Durant, I thought were enough to get to the finals already. So it's like, it's a good move for him to, to get it. This is his best shot at getting a ring. And, and the Nets, it's like, fuck, you got the money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if he doesn't come in there and is, and is a big difference maker, he just is a, you know, adds depth. 
Yeah, Jacob, where do you fall with this? See, it's kind of hard to tell because in previous years when these teams assemble these super teams, you never know which side you, you fall on. Do you think that they're going to go to the finals regardless or do you think they're going to tank because you've seen both in, in years past, you know? You're never really sure. But I think with Griffin, you know, he has come off of injuries. He hasn't played very consistent with the Pistons. I know his situation was a little bit different there. Um, but with him, though, I'm not really sold on this move with Brooklyn. I honestly like their team just with that big three they had originally. I don't really know what more he brings to this team because you already had your big guy in Jordan and you already have your backup centers and your shooters, too, to, uh, to accommodate the three stars. So I don't really know much more he can bring. And, yeah, his game has changed a lot since going to Detroit. He is now just a jump shooter that, that you know, banging in down low and back to the basket kind of game he's kind of gone away with that you know as the game evolved he kind of had to evolve too with it with a jump shot but you don't really see that that you know back to the basket you know hooks and dunking on people kind of style anymore with him so I don't really know if I like this move so much for Brooklyn yeah I think that like Brooklyn I think they're obviously their biggest concern is the defense yeah and I like I just I don't see Blake Griffin making an impact on defense today as he once did. And and let's get something straight here. You said it that about the Lakers, they are tooling this team because not that they're afraid of teams in the East, they have the East on lock. It's the teams in the West that they're scared of. They're worried about the Clippers. They're worried about the Lakers. Jazz. So, yeah, they're the concerned. Nuggets. They're concerned about the teams with the big guys, you know, so they either have to outscore them or they have to match them guy for guy. Yeah. So I I get the sense of bringing in another big body, but I don't know, man. I'm I'm very interested to see how it all plays out with with Blake Griffin and the Nets once he does get out there for them. Like I'm 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 very happy for Blake Griffin and that he's in a better situation and he's happy and uh, hopefully like like we've said, Tyler, this this rejuvenates him. But all the, all the signs and evidence that we've seen, it's it's pointing to the opposite. I think. I, I I really do. I, I I really do hope that, you know, it seems like this Nets team, the, you know, egos are not a problem. You know, that was kind of the big questions. Like, are they going to make it work? It seems like all these guys are bought into the system. Steve Nash has done a, a good job, uh, you know, managing the, uh, the talent. Um, and it just, it feels like it's going to work because they're already just so good. He's not going to make him worse. Yeah, that's for sure. And and the thing with him, too, is that he has to understand coming here, which I'm sure he does if he was heavily recruited by Durant, is that he's not going to get a lot of touches. His his playing style and his minutes, they're probably going to go down a little bit. He's not going to get a lot of uh, of points because that's predominantly going to go to KD and your scores like Irving and, and Harden. So he'll get him in in the flow of the offense but he he shouldn't be expecting wide open under the basket waving his hands yeah asking for the ball he'll he'll get the ball he'll be able to score he's gonna be just wide wide open yeah if he's active if he's active on offense plays with energy he's gonna get buckets it's like you said i mean it's it's just the defense but their defense is can you score more points than me and that hasn't worked out so far in the NBA. It works out during the regular season and maybe a series or two in the playoffs. But when you get to the finals, people play defense. Did Steve Nash I just, ever make know, it to the finals? I, yeah, as a... 
as a player? The, you know, I just uh, can't, no. I can't okay, just um, sure. say there's a play style that doesn't win after the Warriors. You know what I mean? Like, No, but Tyler, just, we've I, seen I that this play style doesn't win. A... Kobe that? couldn't win with it. Kobe couldn't win with it. James Harden can't win with it. Uh, Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni in the seven seconds or less couldn't win with it. This, this team is way different than all of those teams you just named. They have three alpha dogs right. that are bought in right. together. I mean, this is the best offensive team we might have ever seen other than Durant with the Warriors. You know the only I mean? thing like, with that, though. literally that good. Uh, the only thing with comparing them to Durant with the Warriors is that team actually did play defense, though. When you talk about uh, Durant, Durant Thompson, almost averaged two no, yeah, games, yeah. two blocks so, a game. So I think you, when you're playing no, on both fine. sides, when you're playing on both sides of the ball, you're way more effective than just scoring. And unfortunately, that's what some of these teams think is that they can just outscore teams, and that is their best defense. But again, when you get to the finals, the game slows down. You have right. to play half court defense in the, in the playoffs. I don't think your strategy can be we need to outscore them because you will just get broken down in the film room by the opposite team, and they will figure you out over the course of a four- to seven-game series. Good luck. I mean, good luck figuring these guys out on offense because at any night, any one of them can do it, and you cannot guard all of them. You cannot – you double-team these guys. They got shooters on They got shooters on the court, and they got big rolling to the basket. It's, it's, a, it's a dominant mix, and – I do believe that guys like uh, DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, I do believe that they're competitive people. Jeff Green, Joe Harris. Oh, I'm not saying they're not competitive. To where, to where they will play defense. I mean, the effort will be there. This is not going to be a D'Antoni defense. Just because it's Steve Nash doesn't mean this is like a, you know, D'Antoni basically ditched the center. You know what I mean? He He really... He was, I think it was a different approach and different personnel. Yeah. I think this team's definitely got enough to win, to win a title. I mean, there's def- I'm not going to say that their defense is going to keep them from a title. I mean, I think it's just, you know. Defense uh, wins championships, Tyler. R- 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 roll the ball out and see who wins. And that's, that's exactly what I was just about to say, and that's why we got to play the game. Exactly. So I mean, defense does d- defense does does win championships, but so does offense. Yeah. All right, Lamarcus Aldridge. You gotta have, you gotta have both. Yes, you do have to have both. Uh, so all right, Lamarcus Aldridge and the Spurs have agreed to work out a trade. Uh, as uh, they, the Spurs are going in a different direction than Lamarcus Aldridge uh wants to, and Lamarcus Aldridge is going in a different direction that the Spurs want to, and so they're agreeing to part ways. Jacob. I have a feeling LaMarcus Aldridge is going to end up back in Portland. Which, honestly, I would love to see him there. I always thought he played his best game there. And not to say that he didn't have, you know, good five years or so with the Spurs, because I always thought he was a perfect fit with San Antonio. It just didn't turn out to be that way. And he had also previously wanted out earlier in this uh, contract, but Pop convinced him to stay. Uh, But now, obviously, uh, they are going to go different directions. And... I think Portland is the perfect spot for him, like you said. Um, And I was talking to my buddy Corey Holbert about it. Um, Zach Collins is pretty much damaged goods, I think, at this point for Portland. And that is prime pickings for Greg Popovich for a redemption story. So 
I think if they can work out the money, you send Zach Collins and something else from Portland down to San Antonio for LaMarcus Aldridge. You get LaMarcus Aldridge back with Dame, back in the PDX area, and it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, if that if that really happens. Tyler, what do, what do you think happens with LaMarcus Aldridge? Well, Portland's just that's that, that would be so cool. Um, but you know, I I like I like the Eastern Conference. I feel like the Eastern Conference is a, is a is an easier appeal. The Miamis, the Boston's, um, the Toronto's, teams like that, trying to to better their teams. They're kind of like they're kind of like stuck in the middle. You know, all, all three of those teams really haven't like pushed it you know and like made a run this season they're all in the middle of the pack well boston's the Uh, king of almost getting trades done and almost trading all of those assets that they have so uh, boston might be a good fit for for lamarcus aldridge with all of those assets that they have to to trade away actually that would be interesting because that's something that they kind of need they need that down low presence which their centers in the previous years haven't really done much for them. Well, they got Tristan Thompson and Grant Williams right now, and that, yeah, but that's being, not going to get it done well, in the East. If we're being honest, though, Thompson's just a rebounder. He gives nothing on the offensive end besides offensive rebounds. <laughs> Off- offensive rebounds no, are important, though. Mean, yeah, second chance points, Robert but scoring. Williams, Robert, Robert Williams and Tristan Thompson are defensive guys, so LaMarcus would be a nice uh, you know, addition. For sure. And also, he's you know he's a seven footer, whereas like Daniel Tice, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, uh, you know Jason Tate, these are all like six eight guys, six eight six, eight, six nine guys. So right. um, he you know he does add a little more length. Obviously, you lose a little bit of athleticism, but uh, you know Brad Stevens is the master at half court sets, and and Lamarcus is a great half court offensive player. So. Boston's a good fit, and, and like I said, I like Miami, Toronto. Uh, you know, they could be in the mix. Yeah, and then obviously Laker fans saw a big man is potentially on the move, and they were all uh, all about it. And obviously LaMarcus Aldridge was linked to the Lakers in the past before going to the Spurs. Um, I don't think it's a possibility that LaMarcus ends up a Laker uh, for a multitude the of wrong fit. Yeah. For a multitude of reasons. But I think the biggest reason is Greg Popovich is sworn to never help the Lakers. I mean, look at the package that he took in return for Kawhi Leonard, just because he didn't want him going to the Lakers. Yeah. Well, it's like the Lakers need like rim protection rebounding. Right. And that's I mean? not the Marcus's need... game. I get, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> Uh, they need more of like, like the Drummond fit would be much better. If the Lakers could sign Andre Drummond, Tyler, especially after losing out uh, on Blake Griffin, who was potentially linked to the Lakers as well before yeah, going see, to the Nets, see, he would. He would. That's a horrible fit to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Your two best players are forwards, right? Like, not no. only your two best players, arguably the two best players. Or forwards. Like, yeah, Andre Drummond is a much they, better fit for the fight. Lakers. They need somebody they can play and protect the rim so Ant Davis can go out there and play power forwards. Yep. But, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with LaMarcus Aldridge and the Spurs. Uh, the trade deadline, obviously, is coming up in a couple of weeks, and, and the buyout market is starting to heat up. So we'll see if the Lakers make any moves. But uh, other than that, that's all I got for the NBA. So uh, let's hit the gridiron, Jacob. 
just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Straight cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's my quarterback. Tyler, would you say it's safe to say that probably the biggest offseason storyline in the NFL for the last at least two and a half years has been whether or not the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott were going to agree to a contract extension? Yeah, it's definitely at the forefront because of the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, they're America's team. It's Jerry Jones. My hand never gets cramps when writing checks, like all, all of that. So... And especially with with Zeke getting the deal before Prescott, that really accelerated that storyline. Yeah, and Amari Cooper. You're right, Tyler, 100%. Um, So giving his weapons deals before Prescott, that that kind of accelerated the – It's just, just, you know, it it did accelerate it, but it's like that's what you do. I mean, that is the formula – is if you got a good a good quarterback on the rookie deal, you got to get everybody around them, and they and they did. They bought in. They tried to get it done, and and they didn't. And now he's off of his rookie deal, so they got to pay him. Yep. And so he, what was it? It was week five when he got hurt this season, and uh, I I don't know specifically if it was like broken or dislocated ankle oh, so and bad to it watch was a very live. it was, was a very broken. gruesome injury yeah it was a very gruesome injury um but that happened week five and then the talks about his contract exploded because it's like he has this potentially career altering injury and he is not financially secured long term so that that I, was, thought he, I thought he lost $100 million with that, with that injury. We know? all thought that, Tyler. We all thought that. And I'm just, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Monday. I'm so happy they did this. Yeah. So Monday, news comes out that the Dallas Cowboys and quarterback Dak Prescott agreed to a four-year, $160 million contract. That includes $126 million guaranteed, and the deal is technically uh, for six years but voids to four to help Dallas against the salary cap. Uh, So the deal can be worth up to $164 million, and Dak's signing bonus is $66 million. It's the highest signing bonus in NFL history, and I believe the $126 million guaranteed is the most guaranteed money for an NFL contract in history. So a historic, historic deal. I could not, could not stress this enough. I am over the moon excited for Dak Prescott. He deserves this every bit, every penny. He deserves it because... The Cowboys strung him along this entire time. He has won them games. 
gotten them to the playoffs, even though they haven't won in the playoffs with him. Uh, he's gotten them to the postseason. But, Tyler, I honestly can't justify Jerry Jones giving him this contract after the injury. I think this is asinine on Jerry Jones's part. No, it's, no, it's great. It's perfect. This is exactly what I wanted. I don't think Dak Prescott like, is the I, right guy for the Cowboys, Tyler. He just had an injury. That... Yeah, which is exactly why this is what we want. You know? Oh, so yeah, I guess. Like, okay. ahead, give Dak. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I, I guess in that Dak case. It's like Dak wins, the, the rest of the NFL wins. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, he wanted 40, he got 40 a year. And and I'm not a Dak person. I just – I know that he – I still think that he's riding high off of his rookie year. Yeah. That oh, was yeah. just like, like they were 13 and three. They were no joke, but that offensive line was like one of the greatest offensive lines ever assembled. And, and Zeke was just like a madman. I mean, they had Zeke that Jason Witten, they still had Des Bryant. I mean, that was a good football team. Um, and like, you know, he's got a good like winning percentage, but you know, I just I just have never seen it like what everybody just is in awe about. Yeah, he doesn't I, move I really the needle for me I, as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I I, I real I thought when he was a rookie that Romo would have done just as good of a job as he did. You know, especially and, with that and, line. Uh, yeah, and, and so you know, I mean, I'm happy that he signed with the Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboys can be they can do that. You know now. Now they're locked into him. They're locked into Zeke. They're locked into Amari Cooper. Demarcus Lawrence has got a big contract. And they're locked you know? into an 8-8 eight and and eight record for probably the next four years. Well, and their line is not what it was. So, you know, you just invested in these guys that were – that shined when that line was tremendous. So now these guys, like, you know, typically I think football teams are built from the inside out you know yep um so that's you know you do have to get a quarterback he is deserving of all the money um he is a starting quarterback in the nfl for sure um but yeah i mean i just i wouldn't have done it um but you know i'm happy the cowboys are <laughs> are locked in with him like that's all good you know no you hit you hit the nail right on the head this is exactly what every NFL fan that isn't a fan of the Cowboys should want. It's the Cowboys to be mediocre. Yeah, and I mean they've been they've been really 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 like based I don't want to say bad, but they have not had like championship success in so long. I mean, they have one of the longest Super Bowl droughts in the NFL. Uh and what and I think they might have like like a bottom fives, like one of the worst uh, streaks as far as playoff road win. I think the last time they won won a playoff game on the road was like the mid nineties. Well, they haven't won a Super Bowl since nineteen ninety six. So they won three. They won nineteen ninety three, nineteen ninety four, nineteen ninety six, and that was the last one. Haven't won one since, and I don't see one in their future well, anytime soon. Have, uh, yeah, and. It, haven't really even haven't sniffed the sniffed the Super Bowl since Aikman left. Yeah, I mean even even the year you know Romo had him rolling. I think they were fourteen and two one year. Well, that was their best you know, chance, and he fumbled were, the snap against against my guys. Yeah, <laughs> but, 
That's right. That was against the Seahawks. <laughs> yep. Tony Romo is a very famous man in Seattle. Oh, uh, so Jacob, would you have given Dak Prescott this deal? Ab- I- absolutely not. I honestly happy for the guy, but yeah, he is just not your guy moving forward. Again, well, he I- is their guy. They're mov- moving well, forward. Apparently, but- so to, to Jerry Jones, but I wouldn't take him or I wouldn't pay him. Um, but this this season that just passed, I know it was always a conversation here and in the sports world in general, is that you never knew who was your guy. Was it Zeke or was it Dak? But I guess they're all hands are on Dak, though, for this one. No, all hands are on Dak. Uh, yeah, I get, on yeah. Dak. Yeah, no. that was an unintended pun. <laughs> but they, but I guess I guess you buy into this, but I'm not really sure where it gets you. I mean, it, uh, you could be you could be happy got, if you're the rest of the league because <laughs> they're going to be sucky, mediocre. I mean, he's got a good win loss percentage. He's got a great. He's great in the QBR. In fact, I think he's the all time leader. In games above a 90 QBR, where 100, 100 is perfect. So yeah. uh, 50, 50 is average on a curve. So, I mean, he does have things that are good about him, which is like what his agent is bringing to the table. He bet on himself and won, which is dope. You know, I just, I'm not like a huge deck. I'm happy for him, but, you know. He's, to me, he, it just screams a mid, mid-level quarterback. That's yeah. that's what he screams to me. I mean, for me, anytime yeah, I... Some people think this kid's like a top five guy, you know? That makes no sense no, to me. No, no, It's crazy. Here's the thing with me, though. Anytime no, I... I so anytime I see or hear Dak Prescott, I just immediately go back to the first time I was ever, ever introduced to Dak Prescott. And it was a video of him getting jumped at spring break while he was at Mississippi State. And that was the first time I'd ever seen him. And he literally just got mollywopped in this brawl. And, yeah, so I that's just the first time I'd ever heard of this guy. And then he goes on to have a crazy year at Mississippi State after that spring break come the next season in fall and goes on to the NFL and has been doing what he's doing. And now he's got a historic, like, one of the most historic deals in NFL history. But since that historic season, though, uh, in the NFL, do you feel like he's plateaued, or do you think he's gotten worse season to season? I think he's fluctuated. I think there's points where he's. I think he's been solid. It's just. It's. I don't think he's ever looked I mean, better than he did his rookie year. No. Well, it's just like when his team's good, he's good. Right. You know, if if the you know if the, if the supporting cast isn't there, he doesn't carry. I don't feel like he carries it, which is what Jerry Jones does believe. Yeah. Yeah, but see that also, that goes with back. The record contract, you know, that's always getting broke every year. That's yeah, getting broke, you know, for sure. Yeah, but see that goes back to the but argument of who is your guy? Is it Zeke or is it Dak? I know Jerry Jones has made his decision. It's Dak. It's Dak because it's the quarterback. Running backs are basically, yeah, running backs are basically a role player. Yeah, even if you got a good one. Yeah. All right, a few more things before we uh, get out of here. Uh, first, Trent Brown was traded from Oakland or Oakland, excuse me, from Las Vegas to back to the New England Patriots. Um, so I'm very interested to see what happens in New England. They got their guys who are coming back after not playing last season on defense. Most of the guys who uh, opted out of the season last year were on the defensive side. But I think their offensive line was an issue. They weren't doing a very good job at protecting Cam Newton. 
I think, to, and they never really got the offense going with Cam. So I think adding uh, an offensive lineman like Trent Brown, if Cam Newton comes back, there are rumors that the Patriots are trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo back from the San Francisco 49ers. So, I mean, either way, Trent Brown, adding Trent Brown to your offensive line is always a good thing. And him coming back to New England, being familiar with the organization and the offense and the schemes and all of that, I think it's a win-win scenario for both Trent Trent Brown and New England. Yeah, watch out, man. New England is going to be, you know, they they could be right back in the mix immediately. They make a couple moves. You know, I think that they got to go out and try to get a receiver. Allen Robinson being taken off the board is tough. You know, maybe like a Juju Smith-Schuster. But the issue is, is they're not necessarily attractive to wide receivers until they get a quarterback. So they got to they got to get a quarterback. They do have a ton of cap. They are very good at drafting. So it's like they really, you know, they are only a couple pieces away. And you you better believe Bill Belichick is trying to. He's motivated. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? He's more motivated than probably anybody in the league to show everybody how wrong they were. And, and all he's heard is Tom Brady. There's Tom Brady. That you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, without a doubt. So. so I think they go out, they get a quarterback, you know, they draft well, and and if they do that, maybe they can get, you know, some sort of offensive offensive weapon or veteran offensive player, and they're good to go. I yeah. think the defense is, is solid, you know? Yeah. Um, just some other news from around the NFL. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro and Malcolm Butler, they got cut by the Tennessee Titans. That obviously I think is a, a cap casualty. Uh, Tennessee trying to create cap space now that the salary cap has been lowered uh, because obviously the financial impacts of COVID-19 on the NFL as a business. Um, So teams are having to shuffle the deck. There's been cuts all over the league. Uh, We said last week that Diana Russini said that uh, she was texting with one head coach and said that this week was going to be a massacre. Um, So it, it's been, there's been definitely a lot of people cut. I don't think as many big names so far have been cut as as people were expecting. But listen, the the new league year starts next week, so it's uh, there's still time, and uh, there's definitely going to be a lot more moves made. Another one, Tyler. I think a a wide receiver that New England is probably going to be looking after. Uh, it's Emmanuel Sanders getting cut in New Orleans. I'm very interested to see where he ends up. Yeah, he could go anywhere. I mean, he's definitely going to be right at the top of the, uh, the wide receiver market. Yeah. All right. Uh, also, the franchise deadline, uh, the franchise tag deadline just passed uh, as well. Um, we'll cover the Seahawks and the Rams real quick. Uh, John Johnson the third, he was not franchise tagged by the Rams, so he's going to free agency. And he is going to get paid because he had a hell of a year. He's had a hell of a career with the Rams so far. He he will be sorely missed in that secondary for the Rams. But I think with the emergence of a guy like Darius Williams, I think uh, the Rams are, are okay with letting John Johnson walk, especially uh, when you also got Jalen Ramsey out there in the secondary. So I'm, I'm sad to see John Johnson go. I'm happy to see that he's probably going to go get paid somewhere else. It's, it's just going to suck if if he plays the Rams and gets an interception against uh, uh, Matt Stafford next season. So 
we'll see what happens with John Johnson. Um, Tyler, for the Seahawks, Chris Carson did not get tagged, so he is going to free agency. What is the Hawks' run game going to look like next year? Well, I mean, essentially it's going to look like it has the last two years. This <laughs> dude has, you know, has probably – I really like Chris Carson. I think he's like the checklist running back. He does this, 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 and this. Like, he does it all. Um, but he has it's, he's, he's had trouble staying on the field. And, you know, I don't think that that – a running back mixed with not being able to stay on the field is, is definitely not franchise tag level. And then the other guy that was, you know, up up for the tag was Shaquille Griffin, our number one corner. He also wasn't tagged. Um, so, you know, you're going to – I think Seattle, you know, is, is just saving their cap. You know, we, we let go of uh, – we let Carlos Dunlap walk. Right. Uh, I'm, so, I'm know, very we, surprised I, by we've that. Got, we've got a top 12 – I mean, he, he would have cost $14 million. And, Yeah, I and get so that. Essentially what I cut – I mean that would have cut our entire, you know, that would have cut our budget down to like eight million. No, oh, and, and I think right, and I think right now, um, we're at a top twelve uh, cap space in the NFL. So, and and we're I I do believe we're a top five drafting team as well. I think we do really well in drafts. So, um, running backs, I think you know as much as I like Chris Carson, we can get we get running backs. I mean we get we get guys in there. We plug and play next man up mentality Shaquille Griffin I think is going to be more of a loss but I don't think that we're ready to um commit that much money to to his position rather you know go we're probably going to go look for for edge rushers yeah so I mean I was I was surprised by Carlos Dunlap only because they had traded for him mid-season but when he's going to cost you that much money and you're trying to keep keep the flexibility open with your cap space that that makes sense and that's it Carlos Dunlap honestly is like the the picture perfect scenario of like what we were talking about with this massacre week or all these cuts yeah. and, and everything like that so that that yeah, makes it, more well, sense and now so, and he's not a top 10 guy you know what I mean it's not like Carlos Dunlap is like you know he's a good pass rusher but you can get someone at Carl's Dunlap's talent level for less than fourteen million dollars. Yeah. All right. Last thing. So ultimately, so ultimately, I like I like the most. Okay. All right. Last thing. You got an update on Russell? What's going on with uh, old number yeah, three? So I think I think the good news for Seahawks fans is there is no update. I don't. There. You know, I haven't seen anything from John. Uh, Schneider, our GM, or Pete Carroll, um, which is really good because I, I, I just I I think all of this is kind of driven by the media, um, just overanalyzing a couple comments that I don't think were as as uh, um, as legit as you thought. I mean, I, I I don't really believe that either party wanted this trade. But you can't now deny you, you can't deny that calls are being made by Seattle and Seattle's okay. taking calls. Yeah. You're always, yeah, but you're always picking up the phone. I mean, it with, with the talent like Russell Wilson, you just never know. People are always calling. 
Um, and that's why he had to put out a list. The list, like we said last episode, the list was an insurance policy to it's like, well, if they're going to, if they're taking calls, I want them to only take calls from these, this, this, and this. And we can check the uh, Cowboys off which, now. Which, oh yeah. And so I was just about to say, now it's a, now it's a three team list and, and it's just like, I mean, the Bears, Saints and Raiders, it's like the Bears and Raiders. I know the Bears are completely desperate, but. I don't think the Bears could trade their whole team to us, and I don't think it would be enough. <laughs> and, and, and the Raiders, are, I think, are in the similar boat. Um, and, you know, the Saints, I, I can't argue that the Saints have about as good of a foundation as Seattle has, but I just don't, I don't think it's going to happen. And I think no updates is a good thing for Seattle. Yeah, see, that's what I was going to ask you, is that we've seen what players have been traded for this previous season, and all the picks and all the assets that they had to give up to get a certain, you know, star. So I don't know what Seattle would get in return for Russell if they do decide to ship him out. And let's also wait and see you what Deshaun would, Watson get, yeah, gets traded he's, for. Yeah, he's another name. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think with Russell, for them to take a trade, they would need a quarterback and, and it, like, three first-rounders. You know what I mean? Like, Derek Carr and, and three first-rounders. Like we're not taking Mitchell Trubisky, you know what I mean? <laughs> I I don't think I don't think you could throw enough like draft picks in there. You'd have to get Khalil to, Mack to too. That, that would, but but you you know who, does, does that really help? You know, any? It's like I would still rather have Russell Wilson than Mitch Trubisky and Khalil Mack because Khalil Mack can't run the offense. Yeah, and, and the Saints don't have the quarterback. The Saints have. Like talent. Yeah, you're not you taking Jameis. You're not too. taking Taysom Hill. Jameis is a free agent. I'm pretty sure. No, oh, that's I true too. Even, I don't even think. I don't even think Jameis is is tradable. And it's like they just paid Taysom Hill. Like, you know what I mean? I think Sean Payton. Like Russ may want to play for the Saints, but Sean Payton has been in love with Taysom Hill for a long time now. You know, he, he keeps comparing him to fucking Steve Young. So. <laughs> I haven't seen it I, yet. I just, I, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows what he means by that? But, uh, you know, I like Taysom Hill, but we're talking Russell Wilson here. I just, I don't believe any of those teams have enough. Um, and it's just Russell Wilson's not going to get a better situation anywhere else. Seahawks aren't going to get a, a better quarterback anywhere else. Yeah. So, all right, no news is good news then for Seattle Seahawks fans. But uh, don't believe all the smoke. You know what I mean? All these. Hey, where there's smoke, there's fire, though, Tyler. Where there's smoke, there's fire. That that that's true. That is true. But I I do believe that you know most of these people talking is all it's all hypothetical. Yep. All right, you guys got any shout outs before we get out of here? Um. Gosh, I, I did. I did. Uh, Damn it! You forgot it. I did have one. I, I'm drawing a blank because I'm like I feel like it was in the, the high school sports arena, but but um, now it's escaping me. All right, Jacob, you got one? No, not this week. All right. Well, I'm just gonna shout out the Lake Show as they get prepared to start the second half of the NBA regular season. They don't play until Friday against the Pacers, so uh, this week is going by really slow without having Lakers basketball until Friday, but. I'm really excited to get Lakers basketball back and, and just get back into the swing of things for the NBA and make this push to the playoffs. 
So with that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.